are um, in a series called We Are. That's the first and only time I'm ever going to say that. We are in We Are. At the moment, we're talking about our values. Um, We're talking about the things that we value, our our flavour, the things that make us distinct. How will we be known? These are some of the values that we as a church over the last 18 or so months have spent time praying and seeking God and asking Him um, to show us some of these distinctions. And uh, we, last week, Dave kicked off our series on uh, the value of family, that we believe that church is more than a place. It's a family where we find our true sense of belonging. And we really believe that, that this is a place where you can find your true sense of belonging alongside others uh, with faith. And today, as we continue our series, we're going to look at another value that we have, noted, uh, we have brought out, and that is authenticity. When you think of this word, authenticity, big word, you might think of words like genuine or authentic, uh, not authentic, legitimate, valid, real, factual, truthful, these kinds of words come to mind. But I also, I want to flip the, flip the switch or flip our thinking just for a second because I actually think there's a lot of things in our world that actually aren't that authentic these days. I love a good um, Thai green chicken curry and when I'm in the mood for one, I will occasionally go to the store and I, and I reckon I've worked out the, the packet mix green chicken curry flavour that is the closest to the thing that you might buy in a roadside stall at Chiang Mai. But even then, after I have my curry, I enjoy the flavours, there's still something that's not quite perfect. It's not quite that fresh curry. It doesn't compare to that authentic Thai green curry that I had in that roadside stall in Chiang Mai. And that's pretty obvious why, because it doesn't have all of the authentic ingredients that make it that. It's not 100% genuine. It's not completely valid. There might be elements of it that are valid and, and genuine and legitimate and authentic, but it's not completely authentic. Um, I think these days we've actually also grown accustomed to accepting things not being completely authentic in many different ways. Uh, Let me give you a couple of examples. Number one, um, online, in the online world, you might type or text a statement. And people sometimes feel the need to add an emoji, an, an emotional little character, after what they type. And one of, the, one of the emojis that often will get used after you type something is that little red 100, which stands for 100%, like as if it's 100% legitimate, real, authentic. And some people you know, will type stuff out and they'll put that emoji in as if what they've said maybe beforehand isn't quite 100% believable, but you've got to back that thing up with that 100 emoji in there. Uh, Let's think about society for a moment. There's this strong emphasis in society that we would present our best selves when we're in public spaces. Put your best version of yourself forward for other people to see. That version that's on display for everyone else, it needs to show everyone that you've got things together, that you're doing well, that, um, you know, that you're on top of what is happening in life all round. And you know, all that stuff in your private life, you kind of keep that private, you kind of deal with that yourself, that's, that's your stuff, keep your own house in order, um, present your best self out in public. 
The perfect example, I think, of this is saying to someone that you're good when you're actually not. Um, I remember a time in my life, I was uh, at working at a, at, a, at a big business and um, I had project deadlines fast approaching, I had bosses on my back, I had a bunch of work relationships that were either dysfunctional or broken or breaking down in communication. I had all this stuff happening. I remember I'd walk into that office on a Monday morning, someone would ask me, how am I going? And what would my first response be? I'm good. And I wasn't good at that time. I actually wasn't good, but I would, those words would come out of my mouth. And, and I'm sure this is an example that, that some of you can resonate with. We, we sometimes present our best selves in public. We hold back important parts of what's going on in our lives. And the problem, I think, with this is pretty obvious. When we do that, when we say we're good, when we're actually not completely good, we are, in some sense, being inauthentic, There is a degree of inauthenticity that is happening in our lives. I know we wish we were all always good, but that's just not real life, is it? That's not the case. At Breckenridge Baptist Church, authenticity is one of our values. We believe in being genuine with one another. Church is where we can be our most real and honest selves. That's our statement. I don't know about you, but that really resonates with me, that statement. You know, I genuinely believe this to be true of Christ's church, that we want to be genuine with each other. This is where we can be our most real, our most honest selves. This is a safe place, a a place of refuge, a place of healing, of comfort, a place of restoration, of encouragement, of celebration. So as Christians... How do we avoid being inauthentic and how do we remain authentic? What does a Christ follower who is authentic actually look like? What are the characteristics? What's the evidence of this authenticity on display? What's the evidence whether we're real or fake or legit or not? And today we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that's written by Paul to the Romans. We're looking in Romans chapter 12, if you've got your Bibles and you want to follow along. And we're going to read from verse 9 through to 16. And prior to this passage that we're going to read this morning, Paul's been speaking to the Romans in his letter and he's been talking to them about themselves. He's been saying, I want you to focus on your giftings. How, what, what is it about yourself that stands out? as far as your service to God. And then then we get to our passage this morning and he turns their attention to their relationships to each other. So from themselves to each other. How are they going to relate to each other? What does true love in the family of God look like? And this is our passage this morning. Let's read together from verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, 
but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Great passage. I think we could almost take the first four words in this passage and speak about them all morning. That love must be sincere. It must be honest. It must be genuine, heartfelt, truthful. I've summarised it like this, that an authentic Christian is honest and honouring. In the Greek, the word translates to anipokritos, and this word means without hypocrisy. And the word hypocrite, it comes from the Greek word hypocrites. And what's really interesting about this word is it comes, or it was used in Greek theatre, So in those days of theatre at the time, these actors would wear masks and they'd wear masks in order to portray a different character or a different side of themselves. You'll see a picture we can put on the screen. This stone bust here shows us this really wide grin of this actor. It's a comic mask even. He's actually kind of grinning and smiling. But behind that is the pensive face of the actual actor that's on display. And what Paul is saying here to start off this passage is that our love must not be theatrical. We must not mask our real feelings. True love's not a matter of the face, it's a matter of the heart. If we mask our our real feelings, if we cover up our true intentions, then that charade that goes on, it's only able to happen for so long before our true intentions get revealed. Let's think about Judas as an example here. Judas betrays Jesus with this kiss, this public display of, of what would be seen as love. But we know behind that kiss, his true intentions were not good. They were to betray Jesus. That was a pretend, it wasn't an authentic display of love. So we shouldn't put any masks on. Verse 9 says, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. So if we hate what is evil, what's not of God, then we actually detest that thing. A real Christian, we won't be passive, we won't be indifferent when it comes to things that are evil. We should hate it, we should despise that, we should turn away from that. Verse 10, it says, be devoted to one another, in love, honour one another, above yourselves. This is the picture that Paul is painting for us, a love that bonds itself together through devotion and honour. I know my wife, Cherie, is devoted to me sometimes in the smallest of ways. If, she know, if I know I've got a, a busy day where I'm out and about all day, sometimes I'm walking out the door and Cherie's created this little beautiful, cute, um, prepared lunch for me with all the little bits and pieces together and she just kind of hands that to me in love. That's devotion on display for me. Um, Similarly, I know my social league basketball team, if things get a bit niggly with the opposition and get heated like they can do in Veterans League at times, um, I know that my teammates are devoted to each other, we've kind of got each other's backs, there's this kind of unspoken code. Um, I know our staff team, there's a really great sense of devotion and honour that happens within our staff team. We've, we've got each other's backs in, in many aspects as well, but we, we really have a sense, you know, God is at work and we celebrate and honour each other. When, when one person celebrates success, we all celebrate and we honour each other in that way. Um, another example, uh, maybe a wife gets dementia 
and the husband um, is devoted to her even though she doesn't know that he is her husband and continues to love and serve her. Or a teenager who maybe rebels against their parents but the parents remain devoted to that child even though they might even dishonour that child, uh, their, their parents, or disown their, ch- their parents over time. This is the sort of devotion that Paul tells us Uh, calls us to as we love one another, this unrelenting devotion, and that's not just within family circles either, might I add, this is within the church, you know, this this unrelenting devotion that considers others, that honours others above ourselves, treats others with integrity, that considers the needs of others, that considers the worth of others. And so that's the first thing that he says here, an authentic Christian is honest and honouring. An authentic Christian is also enthusiastic and generous. Verse 11 to 13, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. If I tell my children that we are having salad sandwiches for lunch, they're pretty much uninterested. The the, the words that I say kind of go over their heads. But if I say, hey kids, let's jump in the car, we're going to go out for lunch to one of your favourite restaurants, it's a whole different ballgame. They are raring to go. They just want to get out there. Everything about them screams enthusiasm. You know, their body language is different, they're they're ready to go, their demeanour is different, they perk up, they're alert, they're attentive, they're asking questions, they're looking to me, they're looking around, they are just enthusiastic and ready to go. And they are anticipating that this good thing is going to happen. And as Christians, Paul is challenging us to be like this, to be zealous, to be enthusiastic and not get lazy in our faith, but to keep on growing. Keep that zeal, that spiritual fervour alive. It's like, almost like that picture of a new Christian who, who comes to recognise who Jesus is in their lives and they just cannot contain themselves with that good news of who he is. They just want to let people know there's this overwhelming sense of enthusiasm that, that bubbles up out of them. And look, let's face it, remembering that kind of zeal can often be hard for us if we've been Christians for a long time. But Paul is imploring us in this passage to do this. As authentic Christians, this is how we stand out in a world that is often so focused on self and focused on living private lives, is we are enthusiastic in our love for each other. We show our authenticity through our enthusiasm for others. You know, that's radical love that stands out. Authentic love, or an authentic Christian, is also generous, the other word there. In verse 13, Paul says, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. It's a simple command, but this is one that really shows how authentic we are. When we see people in need, do we share with them? Do we give generously? Do we ask if they need help? You know, so much of our world does say, look after yourself first. You know, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there. Get your own house in order. Don't involve yourself too much in the lives of others. Kind of keep, keep your own safety bubble happening. Yet we see here that a Christ follower who is generous in their life is authentic. 
And do we practice being hospitable people? I think a great example is Jesus. While he was here on earth, he showed us what this looked like. He used meals to connect with others, um, to show his authenticity. He ate with sinners. He ate with those in society seen as outcasts. Um, He welcomed uninvited guests. We think about the woman with the alabaster jar of perfume in the Pharisee's house. He welcomed her in. He recognised the physical needs of the 5,000 who were hungry, who had been following Jesus around and all day and they were starving and he fed them. He welcomed questions and conversations as he dined with other guests. You see, as we practise this kind of hospitality, we allow others into the spaces and often spaces in our own homes that allow us to be real with others, allow us to be authentic, to have open genuine conversations, to be honest as we relax with each other. Um, at the start of, the Feb, uh, start of this year in February, we, we know here in Brisbane, we, well not just Brisbane, throughout the East Coast we went through floods and our home was flooded as a result of what happened in February. We, we live nearby Cabbage Tree Creek and at high tide it was just too much and, uh, and our house got flooded. And, you know, we lost our place and we went just like that in one day from not knowing where we were going to stay to, uh, from knowing where we were going to stay to not knowing where we, where we would stay or what we would have. We lost a lot of stuff in the process. Man, water is so damaging when it gets into things. I did not realise how damaging it is. And this was a really big life event, as, as you can imagine. Um, and it's one that we are still in the process of going through. But you know what? Um, At that time, at that unexpected moment in our lives, Sheree and I, we were so thankful to have you as our church family. Because in that moment, we we saw generosity on display. We saw many of you reach out and ask, you know, how can I help? Is there anything that I can do? And that, to us, was just this beautiful picture of authenticity that was on display and it was a personal one directed at, at us. It was just beautiful. We saw your hearts. We heard your authenticity in that moment. And look, that's just one moment. There are so many other moments that, like that, um, that that are on display and that we could talk about um, here. Verse 13. Show, share with the Lord's people who are in need. And so an authentic Christian is enthusiastic and generous. And finally, an authentic Christian is caring. Verse 14 to 16, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another, do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position, do not be conceited or self-obsessed. Here's one of the strongest marks of love that we have, caring for one another. Often we think of care as being something that's done for people who are in need, which is true. But Paul here also says that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice. So when something good happens in someone's life, in someone else's life, do we do that? Do we rejoice with them? Do we celebrate their victories together? 
Sometimes I think we might be tempted to see other people's successes or achievements or victories as, as things that could be a threat to ourselves. And so we don't necessarily celebrate them. Instead, what we might do is we, we distance ourselves. Or maybe we get jealous of other people's good fortune or good situations. And we maybe ignore that opportunity to celebrate with them. But this is not demonstrating authenticity in love. Our call in loving and in caring for each other is to show this genuine happiness for each other in our good circumstances. Just like we did for Dave and Sarah. We genuinely are happy for them. We want to celebrate God's goodness on display in in our lives together as a church, as life unfolds. And when it comes to celebrating and rejoicing, you might look at what others celebrate and you might compare your thing that you want to celebrate with someone else's. And you might think, oh, you know what? That thing just has no weight compared to this other thing that other people are celebrating. But I want to say that comparison is a killer because let's face it, when we celebrate something that's good, it's, it's a good thing, right? Whether it's a really big good thing or a small thing. And Paul says we are to rejoice with those who rejoice. He doesn't say only rejoice in certain circumstances and certain situations and certain levels of things worth celebrating. No, he says rejoice with others. This is true love. This is authentic care in action. And then there's the other side of the coin. Mourn with those who mourn. This is the way that we are to care for each other, not necessarily to try and fix circumstances, not necessarily to try and make people feel better, but in our authenticity to let them know, you know, it's okay to be in this state. I am mourning alongside you. I'm mourning with you. Um, I learn a lot from our young adults, Sheree and I, uh, that we, we hang out with them, not only on a Sunday night, but, you know, throughout the week. And one of the things that I really appreciate about our young adults here at church is that they are very good at being vulnerable when it comes to answering these kinds of questions. You know, when I ask them, you know, how are you going? Sometimes I get that question met with, well, you know what, to be honest, I'm not actually doing that okay at the moment. To be honest, I'm struggling with this temptation. To be honest, I'm, I really appreciate your prayers here, or there's this thing going on in my family, or, you know, work is just stressing me out, and I really appreciate that vulnerability. Because when we do that, we open ourselves up, we allow others to know where we're at. We're able to mourn alongside them and help them through that. I also want to say that this works the other way too, allowing other people in our lives permission to speak truth to us in love. That's authenticity as well. I remember being a relatively newly married young adult here at Bracco. Shri and I had only been married for a few years. And I'll never forget a conversation that I had with, with Arthur Konomos. Many of you will know Arthur. He's been here longer than I have, I think. Um, I'll never remember. Arthur sat me down one day for a chat, but this wasn't just a, a casual, good, friendly chat. He sat me down for a hard chat. Um, and Arthur basically spoke to me, and he told me what he saw in my life at that particular time as a young, newly married uh, person. 
And he said that what I needed to do was I needed to consider where I was at in my relationship, uh, marriage relationship with my wife, Cherie. He was saying that he could see in my life that I'd spent a lot of time, I'd put a lot of attention, a lot of energy, a lot of efforts into other things, particularly sports and video games, as a young adult, remember? Um, but, but honestly, I'd put a lot of this effort and time, I'd soak time into this other stuff. And he could see that is re- affecting your relationship, Dave, with Cherie. And you need to actually do something about this. And so he sat me down. He, he spoke those hard words to me in love. And, and let me tell you, it wasn't easy for me to hear that. There was this pride in my life that, that just kind of, like, I was like, yeah, okay, Arthur, I hear you, but okay, whatever, kind of thing. But you know what? I went away from that situation and God worked on me. He convicted my heart. I actually genuinely took his words on board and he showed me that I needed to change in, in some of those ways. And you know what? <clears throat> I am so thankful for Arthur and the fact that he did that because I can honestly say that if he hadn't had that real, authentic, one-on-one chat with me, I could have been in a very different place right now. So I am thankful for that. Giving him permission to speak the truth in love to me, back to me. Um, Yeah, this is the way it should be for us. We should be authentic in our care for others by pointing things out to them that they might not be aware of, by doing it in a way as well that's not um, blaming or throwing guilt onto people, but is speaking in love, speaking the truth in love. Let's keep that in mind too. And it's when we allow others in that we demonstrate vulnerability. And you know what? That vulnerability that's on display, that's a beautiful thing. That is authentic. That is what is genuine in our lives. And it's a really great reminder of the vulnerability that Jesus showed to us when he willingly went to the cross. You know, he could have saved himself, but instead he chose to humble himself even to the point of death on a cross humiliated by that. He chose to allow those soldiers to whip him, to beat him, to spit on him, to put that crown of thorns on his head and then to hang there on the cross in our place, the place that we rightfully deserved. That's vulnerability on display. That's care for others. That's authentic love for you and for me. And so as we seek to be authentic people, as we come alongside others in the messiness of life, in the difficulties, in the trials, in the challenges and circumstances that sometimes we just don't know what the answers are, as we do this, this is our call to mourn with those who mourn. And this will be a challenge for us because for some of us, everything inside of us will want us to to get past that difficult state sometimes of sitting in that that position and and try and get it to a a happy place. But we are called to mourn with each other. As a church, we believe in being genuine with one another. Church is where we can be our most real and honest selves. And so know this this morning, that you, as a part of our church, you have permission to mourn. And our response as the church is to mourn with you. That's authenticity. So authentic love is honest. 
Authentic love is enthusiastic and generous, and it's caring. And just to finish our our time together this morning as we focused in on this value of authenticity, um, I'd just like to invite just Debbie up, the rest of the music team, you can stay where you are, and and Deb's just going to play some pad for us for a little bit. And what I'd like to do is, if you are comfortable in doing this this morning, is just take some time where you are seated right now to think about the answer to the question that is going to be on the screen here. How can I pray for you today? How would you answer that question yourself? And I want you to keep the value of authenticity in mind. Keep in mind that we, as a church, believe in being authentic and being genuine with each other, that this is a place where we can be our most real, we can be our most honest selves. And look, it might be a prayer for something that's happening at the moment in your life, in someone's life that you know, might be a problem, a relationship issue, a situation that's overwhelming. It might be a praise point. It might be something that, that you want to rejoice and celebrate the way that God's been working. That's, that's authenticity as well. Have a think about the answer to that question. And in this time, what we're going to do is we're going to turn to the people around us or just one, one person around us. And if you're comfortable, I, I, would, I would say consider maybe turning to someone who, who isn't part of your family, but, but if not, that's okay. You can share with, with a spouse or a family member. And we're going to ask this question to each other and spend some time now just praying for each other. If it's your first time here today or if you're visiting, uh, don't feel pressured to be involved in this, please. Um, just feel free to to sit where you are just reflect on the answer to that question if you're online and joining with us online right now I would encourage you if you're you're on your own or if you're with others share with each other if if you're on your own um, think about who you can text or who you can possibly call after this time and ask this question to them and answer that yourselves as well So what we're going to do is just for the next about four or so minutes, we're going to have some quiet music playing now. And so just spend some time now. Turn to the person next to you. Ask this question. About two minutes each, okay? Don't spend too long sharing. And then pray with each other as well. And then I'm going to pray to close and the music team's going to come up and we're going to worship our God together to close out our service. So let me just pray for us now and then we'll we'll start this time together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your demonstration of love, your vulnerability that was on display. Thank you for the way that you were authentic and thank you for the ways that we've been reminded how we can be authentic. And we pray right now for this time, you'd just be with us working in this space as we share authentically with one another. In Jesus' name, amen.